Hello, you beautiful creepsters. I'm Sarah. And I'm Mike. And we're from Hendersonville, Tennessee. Buckle up, buttercups. It's time for Sinister Sightings with Donna and Carrie, also known as a paranormal chicks. Creep it real, don't get scared, and whatever you do, don't answer the door. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 161. And you just heard Sarah S. and her hubby Mike. I was digging the music. Yes. <laughs> that was my music. Okay. Sounded just like it, didn't it? Uh-huh. I love the buckle up, buttercups. Well, if you want to... Oh, okay. Or just say words, because I ain't that creative. <laughs> uh, and introduce an episode of your own, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. The first story is called My Son's Guardian Angel. Hello, beautiful ladies. It's me again. I love y'all so, so, so much. Y'all make me laugh, and I feel like we're friends. I told y'all I have a lot of stories. I've always suspected I'm sensitive, but I don't really know. I've always had experiences, but I digress. This store literally chills me to my core, and it's not spooky in the scary way, but still spooky. You'll understand why. My husband's granddad died literally one month to the day before our son was born. He died August 21st, and my son was born September 21st in 2019. And I didn't know him, but he was always pretty sick while I was pregnant. He knew we were expecting a baby boy and was so excited about our son. He said that was the one thing he always wanted was a great-grandson. I was really hoping he would make it until I had my son, but unfortunately he didn't. Fast forward to when I had my son. I'll save all the details, but my son and I almost didn't make it. My son was born not breathing, and his heart wasn't beating. He was a true emergent C-section. It was all around not great. It was really scary. I had some complications, well, that almost caused me to not make it as well. Fast forward a little over a year, and my son is absolutely thriving. He's doing so well, talking and all. He goes to my mother-in-law's every Saturday to hang out. So one particular Saturday, I went to pick him up. Just to paint a picture, my mother-in-law has a ton of pictures around her house. Well, she has this picture hanging right by the door, and it's my husband, his granddad, who'd passed away the month before my son was born. He was also my mother-in-law's dad, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my husband's niece. My son pointed at it and named everyone in it. He even named my husband's granddad, who he's never met. But he acted like he's known him all along. And we asked him if he knew him and he said, "Uh uh-huh. My mother-in-law and I looked at each other. I asked my son, did that guy help you? And my son said, "Uh uh-huh. My mother-in-law said she's not actually shown him pictures of her dad. And we haven't either because we don't have any. And now anytime our son sees a picture of my husband's granddad, he points and says something. He's only 21 months old, so he's not 100% talking in full sentences, But we generally know what he's saying. He's way advanced in language development. It just shakes me to my core because I know how excited my husband's granddad was about our son and how excited he was to meet him. I can't help but to think that my husband's granddad helped my son during his birth and possibly checks in on him from time to time. We can't explain how or why our son survived. It took the doctors over 10 minutes to revive him after he was out of me. His heart stopped when he was still in me, 
All in all, his heart was probably stopped for a total of 20 minutes. Remember, it was a true emergency. I've never been able to explain it other than someone had to have helped our son. But something in me just says it's my husband's granddad. Anyway, I know this will be extra long. I'll continue to send in my stories as the months go by. Love y'all so much. Much love, Emily from Tennessee. Emmy from Tenny. Okay. <laughs> no, it didn't work. Yeah, it does. I 100% believe that. Yeah. I definitely think souls cross and I think that they help. Yes. And it's a miracle if your son wasn't breathing for that long. 20 minutes? Yeah. Like, I don't even know shit about shit. (laughs) It's like, no, you know, I know that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, keep the stories coming. The next one is Phantom Blood. Short but strange. Maybe a glitch in the Matrix. I don't know, to be honest. Forewarning, I suck at spelling and grammar. So sorry for any mistakes. Anyways, one night, my family and I were watching TV in our living room. I was just minding other people's business, scrolling through Facebook, when my husband gasped. And he says, babe, your lip. I'm confused as hell, not knowing what he's talking about, until I touch my lip and see blood on my fingers. Like, not a little bit of blood, but like gushing into my hand. I jump up, cupping my face, and run to the bathroom sink. I'm expecting the water to be mixed with blood going down the sink, but to my surprise, there's none. Like, zero. Even more confused, I look in the mirror and my lip looks completely fine. No cut or scratch. Nothing. I go back to the living room and show my husband my lip and tell him when I got to the bathroom, there was no blood. Not even drips on the floor. My husband was just as flabbergasted as I was because he said he clearly saw a gash on my lip and blood pouring out. We never figured out what the heck happened. Anyways, I love you ladies and your podcast. I wish you both all the happiness and success. Thank you so much for letting us be weirdos and giving us all the space to talk about our experiences. Love always, Savannah Banana from the PNW, Pacific Northwest. Thank you. (laughs) You know I don't know abbreviations. I know you don't. (laughs) Huh? That's what your face said. (laughs) Thanks for speaking my face language. Glitch of the Matrix, maybe? What the fuck? I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. If you hadn't said Glitch of the Matrix, I would be still be going, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. But like, he saw a cut. Yeah, and you felt blood and stuff. Isn't like, that so funny when somebody goes, oh my God, your lip, you instantly touch it, like yeah. expect it to be bleeding. Oh, but then like, yeah, you didn't feel anything. Oh, I don't know. Weird. You think Glitch in the Matrix? I think Glitch in the Matrix for sure. Because... My mouth will, sometimes I'm just like, how did my lip get cut? But it's cut. Like, I can see it. Right. Yeah. It would still be there when you went and got to the mirror. Yeah. Went and got to it. You know what I'm trying to say. Okay. The next one. Sinister sightings, but not so sinister. Hey, y'all. I've always been interested in true crime and paranormal things, but never had any experiences myself. Maybe I'm like Donna and a paranormal cock block. <laughs> If so, I'm totally okay with that because, let's be honest, I would probably crap my pants, then never sleep again. Uh, same. Here's a story about what I thought was my first ghost sighting and about my uncle showing us he was okay after he passed. My grandpa built one of those metal shops slash house buildings on top of a hill outside of a town he lived in. It was beautiful up there. He had plenty of land and two porches off the house. You could sit on one porch and look across the town and see the lake he used to live on. The other porch faced the town cemetery about half a mile away down the hill. The porch had two rocking chairs on it where my grandpa would sit and drink coffee in the mornings. 
About four years ago, my grandpa passed away and, of course, wanted to be buried in that cemetery next to my grandma. After the graveside funeral was over, I was in my car heading back to the church for lunch with the family. I turned the corner to drive past his house and saw an old man sitting in the rocker my grandpa would always sit in with what looked like my grandpa's favorite hat on. I instantly started crying and called my sister who was driving in front of me. The conversation goes something like this. Me. I think I just saw Grandpa sitting on the porch at his house. Grandpa was sitting on his fucking porch watching us. Her. Stupid. That wasn't Grandpa. His neighbor was watching the house since people have been breaking into houses during funerals. Me. Oh, okay. See you in a minute. Turns out it wasn't Grandpa. It was the neighbor being a nice guy and scaring the shit out of me. Now a little about my Uncle Ted. He had cerebral palsy and was wheelchair bound since his early 20s. He grew up in group homes and was always up to something to annoy the staff, even escaping multiple group homes before he became wheelchair bound. When I was older and got to visit him a couple of times, he was always happy, cracking jokes, and trying to cause mischief at the home. Ted loved eagles and always wanted to be an eagle so he could fly free. Before he passed away a couple years ago, he made sure everyone knew he wanted the song On the Wings of an Eagle by John Denver played at his funeral. As soon as that song was played, we saw an eagle flying around the cemetery. The funeral director stopped us and said he had never seen eagles there before. I truly think that was Ted flying around and saying goodbye and enjoying his freedom. My mom now sees eagles all the time when she's thinking of Ted. Thank y'all so much for being such amazing ladies and always keeping me laughing during my work day. Anna from Missouri. Okay, at first I was like, you said you didn't have any stories. How are you going to have stories? Oh, you didn't have stories. What? <laughs> wasn't your grandpa? Nope. Nope. I mean, Uncle Ted, that was Uncle Ted, but that wasn't your grandpa. Nope. Yeah, that is hilarious. That's something, that would be a conversation that we would have. Oh, 100%. But don't you call me stupid. <laughs> no, I, you know we don't call each other stupid. Yeah, tell your sister not to call you stupid. I don't like that. <laughs> we don't say shut up and we don't say stupid. Yeah, sometimes I say shut up, but I don't mean to. And I go, oh, sorry, I hate shut up. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I would have freaked out, too, though. Ooh, yeah, I'd have been like, like, oh, my God, I just saw Grandpa. Yeah, well, mine would have been Papa. Yeah. I just saw Papa. But definitely your Uncle Ted. And that's very sweet. That makes me, like, want to tear up. Like, he just wanted to fly free. Oh, my God. I know, and have movement, and, oh, very sweet. So, thank you for sharing this. The next one is Paranormal Pooch Still Loves Her Mama. I don't know why, but that reminded me of America's Funniest Videos, where they just have random lines, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of the thing, and you're like, oh, okay. I don't know. I just love the titles that they would give the videos. And then at the end, they'd be like, Paranormal Pooch. Like, contestant number one. And I'm like, which one was that? (laughs) Oh, okay. I remember now. (laughs) Hello, ladies. I enjoy listening to your podcast and the full-out, belly-busting, laugh-out-loud moments. I'm not much of a writer or storyteller, but felt compelled to discuss my Daphne Jane. It's a rather long story. Our family had two miniature schnauzers, Scooby, age 14, and Daphne, age 12. That's cute. That is cute. Well, three years ago, August, we had an appointment to have our Daphne put to rest due to a cancerous tumor in her bowels. However, there was an incident with Scooby. He had a severe back injury at age 11. Mm -hmm. As he got older, he started to have issues with balance and the use of his back legs. This caused him to fall over into our pool, and because he couldn't use his back legs, the doggy paddling made him dive down instead of propelling him (gasps) forward. Oh, my God. 
I was able to get to him and he was okay. However, we decided at that moment we were not willing to take the risk of him drowning. We said our goodbyes two days later. I do think it was necessary for Scooby to be the first to go as he would have been lost without her, but she was okay without him, if that makes sense. My girl amazingly perked back up, began eating and gaining weight again. However, this was short-lived and in December, we had to say goodbye to her as well. However, she was not ready and is still with us today. There have been several incidents with her. They were more frequent in the beginning and have lessened over time. The first time I was in the bedroom and could hear her in the living room spinning the tags on her collar. She always did this when she wanted to go outside. Another morning, I came out of my room to her making noise under the end table. I was talking to her and looking for her. Of course, I then realized what I was doing and started to cry. A couple of weeks later, I'm sitting on my couch and I have my hand to the side and moving it in a petting motion. My daughter walked in and asked what I was doing and I said, petting Daphne. She was like, mom, are you okay? Literally, ladies, I could feel her head and fur in my hand. Shortly thereafter, my husband and I were laying in bed. Daphne liked to lay on the bed at his feet. Well, while we were watching TV, he felt something jump on the bed, move his feet, and lay down between them. I could see the blankets move and a pocket as it happened. I was watching because I also felt the jump up and her circle to settle. He looked at me and asked if I felt that, and I said yes. He was like, what the fuck was that? And I said, I guess Daphne's sleeping with us tonight. The next morning, he tells my daughter, find your mother another dog now. We brought Perseus, aka Percy, home that weekend. About six months later, I was at the house and had my nephew, who was about four or five at the time. Mind you, Daphne never left Ben's side when he came to visit. She was all his when he was there. On this day, he was out back playing and came back into the house. Percy was not at home. He was with my daughter. When Ben came in, he stopped at the back door to say something to me when we saw a grayish shadow come in behind him and run to the living room. He looked at it and chased it under the coffee table. As I'm watching, he turned and looked at me, looked back under the table, and then back and forth several times. He then asked if I saw that. I said, yes. He said, what was that? I said, it looked like Daphne was outside playing with you. He said, Aunt Kelly, she's not here anymore. She can't come back. I asked, what did you see? His response was, Daphne? The next major encounter was about a year ago. We now have two dogs, and Piper is so much like Daphne in appearance and mannerisms. Not intentional. Anyways, I'm in the bedroom, sitting on the bed. Both dogs were in there with me. The bedroom door was cracked open when suddenly it flung open. Both dogs leaned over the edge of the bed, looking at the ground, wagging their tails and barking, following whatever it was from one side of the bed to the other side, to the head of the bed and back to the foot of the bed. Then both stood there staring at the floor in the front of the closet. Piper gave up and laid down, but Percy continued to watch the corner for another good 10 minutes, eventually laying down, but still wagging his tail and talking. I'm assuming she must have curled up in the blanket on the floor. It had been a while since I had noticed anything. However, a few nights ago, while once again in bed, I felt something like the dog jumping on the bed. My husband rolls towards me and said, did Piper just jump on the bed? I said, no, both dogs are upstairs with my daughter. He asked if I moved and I said, no, I was almost asleep. He said, that's what I thought and don't say it. 
So I said, good night, my doodle bug. Mommy loves you. He rolled back over and said, that's what I thought. Of course, he won't admit to feeling this too. I do notice activity more when I'm going through periods of higher anxiety or stress, which she was always keen and more attentive to. Well, since she came to visit the other night, I thought, well, hell, let's just send it in. I look forward to many future episodes with you ladies. P.S. When I was eight or nine, there were two serial killers, Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. I remember as kids being glued to the TV set, hoping they would get caught because my adolescent mind was really peeved. They were messing up my summer. My parents would not allow us to go outside unless my dad was home and his gun was loaded. These two traveled through Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois. They had warnings for people to keep their doors and windows locked and to avoid going out in public any more than necessary. They were responsible for kidnapping, murder, rape, and brutal armed robberies with eight victims ranging in ages from seven years old to 77 years old. Oh my God. Wow. Well, I know you've had an experience with one of your animals, like after they passed on it, but I've never, mm-hmm. I, I, but I never felt that with Bo after he passed. Yeah. With Ambrosius, my cat. That damn cat. And he was heavy. So you could definitely feel him jump up. That cat was a <laughs> potato. <laughs> and I did. And I remember I, took a picture at because it was dark and I took a picture I don't know why but in that picture it was black and it was like an orange kind of like orby yeah and he was an orange cat but I felt like a tail between my legs and stuff before which that could also be uh the hair that needs to be cut you know who knows okay well well I'm just saying well no I was gonna say now that would send you into like hives Oh, my God. Yeah. She got crazy allergies now. Oh, my gosh. But really, Bo's really the only dog I've had die. Like, we had a dog when I grew up, but he literally just ran away to die. Like, you know, he didn't, we didn't have to put him to sleep. We didn't have, he just went away one day. Yeah. That's weird, too, that, like, she keeps coming back, even though you have the other dogs, even though you have the other dogs now, too. Yeah. She said, this is my spot on the bed. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that your husband's like, don't say it. You're like, I'm not. You know. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Me and Marley, we do not sleep well together because she likes to stretch out. I like to stretch out. And so I'm used to, like, having room and everything. But Tiffany, she has two dogs and a cat. And they will, like, encase her, like, on her sides and stuff. And then, like, my sister has several dogs. And they'll, like, sleep and they won't move, you know, like she'll be like, yes, yeah, like this all night. I'm like, there ain't no way. Mm-mm. If Marley gets between my legs, like when I'm just like watching TV, I'm like, oh, that's so cute for like five minutes. And then I'm like, oh, got to move, got to move. Like I, I cannot feel like I can't move. Yeah. Um, I love a dog to sit with me whenever I'm like watching TV, but I can't handle the dog here in the bed. So Jack doesn't get in the bed with me. Yeah. Bo did when I first got him and I loved it. But it's just too much dog hair. Okay, the next one is Code Adam at the Gap. Hello, ladies. I'm writing this from the ER in San Jose, California. And since I have about an hour to wait, I figured I'd write you. Well, I hope you're okay. Right? Uh Uh-oh. So, I used to work at the Gap in Milpitas, California, when I was just starting college. No doubt I hated this job. But it paid my 18-year-old bills, so I had to keep going. Thankfully, we had interesting long-haul gappers, nobody calls them that, to tell us stories. 
We had an older manager who spent years working at the San Francisco location. He told us a few stories. The only one I can remember is a code Adam turned almost kidnapping. On the day he told us a story, two parents forgot that their child was with them for an unbelievable amount of time. Memory says two hours, but who knows? The gate at the front was closed, the door in the back was guarded, light shut off, and our team was instructed not to call the child's name to prevent predators from trying to call their name and snatch them. After about 20 minutes, he was found by an employee. Thank goodness. I love kids, and the thought of one of them being snatched scares me like nothing else. I remember being that age and getting lost. It was very terrifying. But thank you to the mom who sat me down next to Ronald McDonald at Walmart while she requested the employees call my mom to the front. As for the San Francisco Code Adam, a similar scene ensued years back, but this time the little boy was found in the employee bathroom with a strange man who had dyed this kid's hair. What? His intentions were clear and they snatched his ass up. I hope the bastard is still locked up because that shit is un believable. Anyway, thank you for all you do. I've had tonsillitis since June 27th. It's July 12th. And for the longest time, I've not been able to talk on the phone with my friends or sing my heart out like I normally do. But your podcast keeps me sane. Creep it real, Cheyenne. Oh my gosh, bless your heart. I hope you're actually feeling better by now. Oh my God, that is the worst. Y'all remember, um, I don't know, it was like 2019 when I had the never-ending illness of oh, shit. Yeah. sore throat. That was horrible. So I kind of know what you're going through because that lasted uh, three months. And yes. it's horrible. <laughs> or replay. Oh my gosh, that's so scary about kids being snatched like that. Yes, and dyed that kid's hair. Like, Mm-mm. not even a let's get the fuck out of here. and do No, like they were like, let's dye this hair so we can just waltz right out Uh uh-huh i remember getting lost in a store one time before and it was terrifying i don't think i ever got lost doesn't surprise me one bit because you never left your mama (laughs) Up my mama's ass if i wasn't doing that i was ramming her heels with the buggy oh uh -uh. (laughs) i I would have ended up in the buggy because my parents would like get in the buggy you can't push it you can't even fucking walk get in the fucking buggy didn't mean to. They'd be like, how gonna- much I wanted to be up her ass. I'm like, this buggy, it's too much space between us. No, they would be like, you're going to act like a child. You're going to sit in here like a child. Oh, man, that would have been perfect. I don't have to walk. Sit me in here. No, not if you aren't supposed to be in there because you're too big. Fuck that shit. Yeah, see, you've never cared what people think. I have always. <laughs> I would have been Jack and Rose before they were anything. The Titanic. No. Like king of the world how they oh okay sorry i i, I stopped listening to what you were saying and i just heard <laughs> have a friend they say i was worried about the next sinister sightings <laughs> i literally stopped listening and i heard jack and rose i was like i don't know what the fuck she's talking about <laughs> hmm. okay well let's move on to the next one sinister sightings Hotel Hell. Content warning, mention of suicide. Hey y'all, by the time y'all read this, I will have used to work at a hotel, but at the time of writing this, I currently still do for another two weeks. Wink, wink. Small shout out to Anthony N. Sorry, I won't be trading stories with you anymore. Love you though. But what's funny is we know Ashlyn, who wrote this, and she's back at the hotel. She did quit for a little bit, and now now she's back. (laughs) You just couldn't stay away. Right? Anyway, along with the story. 
I personally never experienced anything paranormal while working at hotels. I have had the kooky guests, but I'll save that for another time. I did decide to ask one day, though, if my manager had ever experienced anything, and I do have a story for you. A long, long, long time ago, like at least 15 years ago, which now that I think about it was 2006, and that makes me want to cry. What? (laughs) Shit. The hotel I work at had a smaller family chain partnered with it. At one of the locations, my now manager worked as a housekeeper. This location was small, dim, and just flat out jank. Not janky, jank. One night, a woman had checked into the hotel. She was by herself and probably in her mid-40s. Once she had gotten up to her room, no one from the front desk heard from her all night. While that isn't unusual, she also hadn't come down to check out the next morning. She hadn't come down at all. As the housekeeping staff were going room to room cleaning, they stopped at a room and knocked on the door before entering to clean her room as well. Upon entering, the housekeeper saw nothing but a red wall. The woman had shot herself in the head. The staff called the police and followed protocol, but the police did not come with the crime scene cleanup crew. Housekeeping had to clean up the blood themselves (gasps) once the woman's body was removed. Uh Uh-uh, that's not right. Like, that don't, that's not a thing. Like, uh-uh. there's, like, protocols. Like, you have to do it. Uh-uh. For weeks, the housekeepers would refuse to go to that end of the hallway where the woman had died in her room. And even when they braved the opposite end of the hallway, the lights on the other end outside of that woman's room would either begin to flicker or shut off completely. Furthermore, the front desk would begin getting phone calls from what was listed on the caller ID as room 215. When the front desk clerk would answer the phone, there would be nothing but static and a faint whispering until the clerk would hang up. This would happen about twice a day. Oh, and there is no phone in room 215. 215 was a storage room. This hotel location did eventually close and was demolished, and the staff no longer encountered signs of the paranormal, at least not at that building. Creep it real, ladies. I have a few more stories of possible haunts and delicious croissants. (laughs) Carbs and ghosted? Okay, not croissants. I just wanted to put a word that rhymed. God, I could go for a croissant, though. (laughs) Anyway, I have plenty of stories of creepy guests that made me fear for my life. Keep an eye out for them. The stories, that is. But keep an eye out for those guests, too, because I guarantee they are just as creepy outside of a hotel as in it. Thank you for reading and can't wait to see you again. Ashlyn F. Uh (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so why did they not send people to clean that? Because, first of all, that's expensive as fuck. So maybe the hotel just didn't want to pay for it because I don't think it's something that the police provide. Like, it's like separate people who come in like it's like a separate business like it's not the police department's job to clean it oh oh that's right because there was this uh tiktoker no it was a it was a movie of course that's my life i know things from movies but there was a movie and this guy had a crime scene cleanup yeah well but like there's specific ways that you have to clean up blood i mean and depending on I mean, not to be too gruesome, but depending on where they shot themselves, I mean... Brain matter and stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> not to be too gruesome. And I'm like, get gruesome, girl. But I don't know how, like, obviously, I don't want anyone to die by suicide. But I don't, I don't like to go to a hotel to do it. Like, I get, so it's like, not so your family would find you and all that. I get it. But it's like, God, that's so hard on these strangers that, that don't know you. And, yeah. You know, and then. Your family still have to be notified out of the blue and identify your body. Maybe not. They had her driver's license and stuff. Oh, true, 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 true. Well, send in all the creepy guests. Like, their stories. I don't want to meet them. I don't like people. <laughs> okay, the next one is called Haunted Gatlinburg. Hi, ladies. Love your podcast. I'm currently on Sinister Sightings Episode 7. I just started your podcast a few weeks ago and listen to it every day while I'm working. I have a few things that have happened to my family over the years, but this one I will never forget. In 1995, my family rented a cabin in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. It didn't look very old, but it was literally a log cabin. It had three floors. The main floor was the living space with two bedrooms. The bottom floor was the game room slash bar as well as two bedrooms. And the upper floor had one bedroom as well as a jacuzzi tub and a steam room. My aunt and uncle stayed on the top floor. My room was the main floor in the front corner and my parents' room was the bottom floor in the front corner. So all of our rooms shared the same corner of the house. Every single night, we would all hear creaking coming from the corner of the room, almost as if someone was pacing in circles. Oh, I forgot to tell you, my room had a strange closet that was kept locked. I guess it was the owner slash caretaker's personal stuff. So anyway, we would hear creaking every night, but it was only in that corner. I checked outside the next day to make sure that no trees were maybe rubbing against it. Nothing. One day, and I was not told this until after the vacation was over, they didn't want to scare me, even though I was like 15. We all went out, and when we came back, a very large and heavy table in my aunt's room, the upper floor, was picked up and actually on the couch that was in their room. It took four adults to move this thing off the floor. That night, my aunt had weird dreams, but never actually saw anything. Nothing else, other than the creaking, seemed to happen after that. Once we came home, my aunt developed pictures off of her camera, and I bet you guessed it, all of the pictures came out except for the ones taken in my aunt's room. Those pictures were totally black. Needless to say, we never rented that house again. More stories to come. Creep it real, you crazy ladies, Crystal. The first thing I have to say is that you crazy ladies reminds me of that you, you crazy, crazy girl. girl. Why is everything in our life a TikTok? TikTok. <laughs> you crazy girl. <laughs> crazy. Oh, crazy. You know what that, you know what that is actually, that TikTok? Yes. What? It's a girl that's like, I'm going to try this to yes. dip it into my honey mustard. Like no. Dip that into the honey mustard or whatever. Was it honey mustard? Ranch. No, oh. nacho cheese. Oh, yeah. It was like a burrito. She's like, yeah. I'm going to dip. It was a wrap. She's like, I'm going to try this and dip it into my nacho cheese. And it was somebody duetting. Going, yeah. Oh, you crazy girl. Yeah. Girl. Like, that's how they say it. Girl. So crazy. You crazy girl. <laughs> also, another thing that that reminded me of is... Do you remember when we went to uh, spring break and there was a steam room in that uh, uh-huh. thing, but our eyes were burning because someone put the chlorine water? Yes. Like, God bless them. Yes. <laughs> um, also, my family for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary rented a cabin like that. It was all my sisters and their husbands and kids. I went with Colby at the time, and um, ours was like that. The main floor was two bedrooms. The bottom floor, it was only two two floors, and the bottom floor was like the game room, 
and two bedrooms. I just slept with Casey and her husband and kids. And um, the very first night, we still call these pants of Casey's closet pants. And when I see it, it makes my stomach hurt. So the bathroom and the closet shared a wall. Like they were in like kind of this adjacent catty corner of the room. Like it was just a a weirdly shaped room, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they just like, the doors were literally separated by like a door jam. Like they were super close. And the very first night, Casey and her like sleep tried to go into the bathroom and went to the closet and ran into the door frame with her face oh my god and like bruised her nose like but it like knocked her silly like she <laughs> when i went in there she, casey was gone from her eyes like she was like it didn't knock her out but it it knocked her silly i yeah. mean really it did and like her nose was bleeding on her little pants and they're just these cute little pajama pants and they're <laughs> closet pants now she'll she would like send me a picture like months later and be like closet pants i'm like stop <laughs> it it makes my stomach hurt because she was like like i thought something was really wrong with her like i was like no like something's really wrong with her and like i got her eyes for her face and her 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 daughter Allie was like one at the time and she would she was a great sleeper if she was in a room by herself if she's a room with people she like wouldn't go to sleep so she had only been asleep like two hours after when this commotion happened so i was like trying to rock Allie back to sleep and i'm like you casey's got the ice on her face and oh my (laughs) god it was the very first night i was like her nose is gonna be so sore and like you would just hear her go like while she was sleeping and moving the eye oh my god like it literally my stomach is hurting right now oh god no ghost just uh (laughs) mean old closets But yours definitely a ghost. Yeah, yours. Who picked up that table and put it on that couch? Right? Uh-uh. And that's weird when things like that have, like, locked rooms. That's every condo that you, like, when you rent, like, an Airbnb or, like, a condo, they always have yeah. a locked closet because it's their stuff, cleaning supplies, oh, true, all of true. that. True. That makes sense. It's weird. Yeah, that's normal. It's not. It's totally normal. Why can't I have some cleaning supplies in? Because they don't want you stealing it. That shit's expensive. (laughs) It is expensive. All right. Last one. Hey, y'all. This is my first time writing into a podcast. Thanks for popping my cherry. I live in Washington State, and we have a lot of creepy places here. But my favorite by far is Thornwood Castle. It has a long history, but the short version is in 1907, a Mr. Thorn purchased an elizabethan manor in england also washington state may have a lot of creepy places but you also got a lot of serial killers yes mr thorne for his wife had the manor dismantled and pieces shipped here to washington to be rebuilt that's some serious money right the whole main house was reconstructed in a new country the manor has stood in Washington for over a hundred years now, and obviously had a past before that in England as well. The grounds also feature a beautiful sunken garden, a cherub fountain, and many statues. It now operates as a bed and breakfast. If any of this story sounds remotely familiar to anyone, part of it was the inspiration behind the beginning of the story Rose Red by Stephen King. The castle and the grounds were used for the filming of the TV movie version, Rose Red. If you haven't seen it, it's scary. Oh my God, that came on back, like, I think when I lived at my old, old house. 
I went straight to the secret garden. Do you remember that book? <laughs> yeah, I love that. But no, this came on, yeah, like TV, like you had to wait for commercials. Yeah. Like you had to tape it on your VCR to yeah. like have it. I'm pretty sure that's how old that is. Watch them be like, no, it was like 2005, but I'm pretty sure. That's still about that old. <laughs> <laughs> Being a creepster, I had to stay the night. My husband and I stayed there in October 2020 for our wedding anniversary. We had a few paranormal experiences. I should also say due to COVID and staying on a weeknight, we were the only ones staying and the keepers live on grounds, but not in the castle. So after 8 p.m., we were alone. Our first experience was coming from Mr. Thorne's old room. We smelled pipe tobacco burning. It was strong and very real. Then all of a sudden, it was gone. After that, we were recording video in our room. We stayed in Anna Thorne's room. She was the lady of the house. Every time we panned the camera over to Anna's old mirror with the original glass, the screen would inexplicably go black. Lastly, the lamp on our left side table shut off. We had many other lights on. Only the one lamp turned off. And then it turned back on again about 45 seconds later. I hope next time you're in the Seattle area, you consider visiting Thornwood. Creep it real, Mary. Oh my gosh, that y'all were the only ones there? That's the creepiest part of all. Yes, because you know it's got some old creeks and stuff. I would be freaked out. That sounds like a like a story you would do. Yeah, it does. I like those places like that. Wow. I just think about the people who took that house apart. Like, how do you take that apart? First of all, how do you know how to take that apart so that it's able to be put back together again? I can't even do Ikea furniture. So, like, (laughs) are are you putting A's, B's, and C's stickers and C1 and C3? I mean, you put... Right? How do you remember what board goes where? I know. And how many parts do you have left over? Is this house sturdy? I mean, it's 100 years, so surely that one screw didn't matter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know who would be the one to find out? You. 100%. (laughs) Well, thank y'all so much for all of these amazing stories. Keep them coming. Send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.